This is the podcast for Woodland Presbyterian Church in Memphis, Tennessee. We are maturing God's people to serve a hurting world. We hope you enjoy the message, and if you'd like to learn more about our church, look us up at woodlandpres.org. Thanks so much. May the Lord bless you. So we've been looking at, during Advent, uh, Christ's carols. Uh, We've uh, learned that a carol uh, was, in the old days, the way old days, an ancient song uh, of celebration. It could even have been a dance, but now, uh, in our culture, we think of, when we think of carols, we think typically of Christmas songs, songs that, that celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus. And so we've been looking at different songs, and one of the things that we, that we love about singing is that it reminds us of the story of the gospel. Uh, it teaches us, it fills our heart uh, with joy. Uh, St. Augustine said, when you sing, you've prayed twice. So there's something about singing that moves us and makes us connected to God. And, and so I was doing a little bit of uh, research on popular Christmas songs. And according to a survey uh, from 2020, the most popular Christmas song of all is Silent Night. But there's a tie, a tie for first place. The other number one song, the most favorite Christmas song of all time, according to the 2020 survey, is All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. (laughs) Right there, right there with Silent Night. But there's good news, friends. The second place song of all time, according to the 2020 survey that I found online, is Oh Holy Night. Oh Holy Night. But there's a tie for number two, along with Jingle Bell Rock. So friends, brothers, and sisters, we have work to do in this culture if we want to change the narrative about what Christmas is actually about. Right? We have work to do. Uh, because these other songs are finding their way into the lore of what Christmas is. And we know the real story of what Christmas is about. Now it's fine to celebrate and sing all the songs. Uh, I, I don't mind holly jolly Christmas too much. But we have something to sing about. Something vital and something important. And that's the, the birth of our Savior Jesus. And so that's why we've been looking at these, these hymns. And I want to read, uh, share with you another passage of Scripture uh, that's important, that helps us to understand uh, what these songs are about and how we should be thinking about them. So please, if you're able, stand with me for the reading of God's Word. The reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The word of God for the people of God. Maybe see them. Thank you, Lord, for your word that just tells us again the story, the old story that we've heard so many times. Make it fresh in our minds and hearts today. Help us to 
not only learn something more about this story, but then be able to respond, to respond to you and what you've done. For Lord, isn't that what worship really is? Is our response to what you've done. Not only that you'd move our hearts, that you would motivate our hands to serve those around us with your love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, each year, uh, my friends from seminary get together somewhere, and it's always someone in the group's job to plan the trip, and the, the, the plan goes like this. See if someone will let a group of pastors stay for free in their lake house, beach house, mountain condo, somewhere. And unbelievably, for 18 years, we've only had to pay for a place to stay one time. It's a great gift that somehow people say, I'll let these pastors come and spend a week uh, reviewing and refreshing and hanging out. And so we take this trip every year. We're always so thankful to be able to do it, to pray, and we'll usually, uh, we have some kind of competition uh, with each other, some uh, silly game. We play some cards, and we just fellowship and talk about life and family. It's very refreshing. And so one year, I was at the airport waiting for the flight, and I can't even remember where we were going this year, but I was sitting next to a guy. We just started talking, and somehow it came up like, hey, where are you going and what are you doing? And I was telling him that I'm with this group of pastors, and we take this trip, and it's just a blessing for us. And, and we had a really nice conversation about it. And right before we got on the flight, he said, I'd like to switch seats with you. I have a ticket in first class, and I'd love for you to be able to sit in first class, and I'll take your seat wherever you are, way in the back, near the bathroom. And I said, wow, you know, I'll do that. Sure, you know. Uh, and, I, you know, he was, he was uh, undeterred in his determination to allow me to sit in first class. So I was like, sure, I'll do it. Thanks. You know, it was a really nice gesture. He's a believer, and he wanted to just to bless me as a, as a pastor. I thought, that's really, that was, was really nice. I'd never met this guy before in my life, right? We'd been living in Memphis for years. I'd never met him before. And then two months after I got home from that trip, I saw him at Kroger. And I was like, hey, remember, you got me this seat in first class. And then a month after that, I saw him somewhere else. And then I saw him somewhere else. And I must have seen this guy five times in a year, and I'd never seen him before in my life. Now, it's probable that I had seen him before. I just didn't notice him. But when he blessed me with that first-class ticket, I, whenever I saw him, I thought, that's the guy. You know how when someone uh, highlights something to you, or you meet someone, or you see a certain kind of car, then you begin to see it all over the place? Well, friends, that's what's going on in our hymn for today. In fact, we've already done two songs, and what the topic for the day has been brought up in both of the other songs already. The topic is angels. Angels. You see, angels have a really important part in the story of the birth of Jesus. See, when you sing Christmas carols, um, almost every time you're going to be singing about angels. Songs that have angels in the title. Hark the Herald, Angels Sing. Angels we have heard on high, those that, sweet, that sing sweetly o'er the plains. Uh, in that song, the mountains are replying to their joyous strains. A strain is a burst of eloquence or a passage of music. Uh, the strain is Gloria in excelsis Deo, literally glory in the highest to God. Also, angels from the realms of glory wing your flight o'er all the earth. You who sing creation's story now proclaim Messiah's birth. Of course, we know the angels sing in these songs. 
But there's so many angels in so many of the carols that we know and love. Here's another less familiar hymn. The angel Gabriel from heaven came. We haven't done one, that one this year. Maybe we could work that in on, on Christmas morning, right? Um, but if you look through the hymnal, angels appear in hymn number 82, 84, through 93, 95, 97, 98, 99, 100, and 101. That's a lot of angels in this section of the hymnal. It came upon a midnight clear. What came upon a midnight clear? Have you asked, ever asked yourself the question, what came upon a midnight clear? Mm. The glorious song of old from angels bending near the earth. Peace on earth, goodwill to all from heaven's all-gracious king. Goes on to say, to hear the angels sing. Oh, come all ye faithful, says, sing choirs of angels. Sing in exultation. Angels we have heard on high, angels from the realms of glory. There's even a stanza in Silent Night that's not often sung. Wondrous star, lend thy light. With angels, let us sing. Alleluia to our king. Are you getting the point here? There's a lot of angels. Once someone points out to you that the angels are present in the carols of the birth of Jesus, you begin to see them everywhere. So let's take just a moment to consider the angels, their reality, their role, and then what's our response to the angels. First, the reality of angels. Uh, the reason that we sing so many songs about angels and Christmas carols is because they're a huge part of the story. Believe it or not, they're actually a big part of the Bible. Unfortunately, our understanding of angels today is uh, simply shaped more by culture or maybe artwork than the Word of God. We tend to think of uh, angels as little chubby-winged uh, creatures, cherubim, that, that float on the clouds in heaven, maybe one that shoots a, a bow and arrow, a, or a guardian angel that stands behind us to protect us from harm. But in the Bible, angels are mostly messengers of God, supernatural beings with, with greater than human powers. But Psalm 8 says that man is a little lower than the heavenly beings. A little lower than the heavenly beings. Some angels are evil. Angels were sent to guard the tree of life in the garden. And they're symbolically represented on the ark of the covenant in the tabernacle and in the temple. They appear all throughout the Bible in various roles. But one of the most visible appearances of angels is the pronouncement of of the birth of Jesus in this passage that I just read. The shepherds were out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Verse 9 continues, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The Lord was revealing his presence through the ministry of the angels. He had an important announcement to make, and it was the angels that he used to make that announcement. Today, while God's Word tells us that there were angels guiding and protecting God's people, we don't see them. Instead of hearing their announcement, we read about this announcement in the Bible when we turn to the pages of Scripture. Hark, the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. We talked about that hymn two weeks ago. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. 
That's the role of the angels. They are messengers proclaiming the good news of the gospel. So we have the reality of angels and now the role of angels. They proclaim the good news that God has sent his one and only son to bring peace, mercy, and reconciliation to sinners. These carols call the nations of the world to rise and to join in the triumphant, the triumph of the skies, proclaiming glory to the newborn king. And angels from the realms of glory, they, they wing their flight over all the earth. They once sang the story of creation. Now they proclaim Messiah's birth. They're inviting us to consider the blessing of a newborn king who's been born. It's an announcement. It's a proclamation. One more, another carol. Uh, Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Continuing to repeat the glory to God in the highest. And here's why that's so important. Luke tells us, fear not. This is what the angels say. Fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. They are proclaiming good news of great joy. They're not offering advice to us on how we ought to live. Rather, they're telling us the good news about what God has already done. Tim Keller wrote a book called uh, Hidden Christmas, and he picks up on this idea. He says, advice is counsel about what you must do. News is a report about what has already been done. Advice urges you to make something happen. News urges you to recognize that something has already happened, and then you're supposed to respond to it. Advice says it's all up to you to act. News says someone else has already acted. The role of the angels is to clearly communicate to us that God has indeed already acted. So what is our response? There's the reality, the role, and now. What's our response to these angels? There's a negative and a positive, at least that. Maybe more, but we're going to focus on these two. The first one is do not fear, and the second one is rejoice. Many times in the Bible when an angel of the Lord would appear, the first thing that they would say is do not fear. Certainly because their glorious appearance would be so shocking and and overwhelming, any mere human being would probably be scared out of their wits if they saw an angel appear. But why else? Should we not be afraid? Because the angels are telling us that Jesus is here. The Savior has come. There's no reason for you to fear anymore or anything because Jesus has come. The promise has been fulfilled. The the news has been made. The announcement is here. God has done what he said he was going to do. He has sent a great king to set us free. So what makes you afraid? Think about it. What do you fear? Do you feel anxious about life? Remember that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Are you afraid that you won't have enough money? Remember that Jesus is the great provider. Are you afraid of where our country is going and who is or isn't leading us? Remember that Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's got the whole world in his hands. 
Are you afraid of the diagnosis that you have received? Jesus is the great physician and the divine healer. Are you afraid of the holidays and being alone? Jesus is our Emmanuel. He is God with us. Are you afraid that you just can't make it anymore? You just can't take it anymore? You have nothing else to give. Remember that Jesus is our rest. Are you afraid of the dark or the darkness of the world? Jesus is the light of the world. Are you afraid of being hungry, literal hunger or spiritual hunger? Jesus is the bread of heaven. Are you afraid of not knowing what to do? You have big decisions that you must make. Jesus is the great teacher in the person of ultimate wisdom to whom you can go. Jesus is the answer to every question. He is the solution to every problem. He supplies strength to the weak and assurance to the doubter, grace to the sinner, deliverance to the captive, defense to the feeble. So friends, do not fear. Listen to what the angels say. You know, James Montgomery, he wasn't afraid either. Even though his parents died as missionaries when he was a child, he had a lot of courage. He wanted to be a poet, but he didn't have the grades, so he's living in England. He became a baker, but that didn't suit him as well either. So he made it to London, and he got a job as an assistant to the printer of the Sheffield Register. The printer's name was Mr. Gales. Well, Mr. Gales left England because of political pressure, and so Montgomery took over the paper and edited it for 32 years. He was imprisoned twice for his political views, which included abolitionism. Imagine being threatened with jail time for doing what was right. Would you be afraid? Of course not, because you know that the Lord of the heavens is with you. You know that you can trust the God of the Bible who loved you so much that he sent his one and only son. And so not only did his faith lead James Montgomery to publish controversial articles in the paper, but it led him to write over 400 hymns, including Angels from the Realms of Glory. Who knew that a failed baker who was imprisoned for publishing articles could turn out to be a significant hymn writer? Imagine what God could do with us. So do not fear. But the angels also say that we are to rejoice. Why? We've just been reminded. We've just been told. Here's what God has done. We don't need to redouble our efforts or to seek to be better people. We just celebrate what God has already done. The good news that has brought us of great joy and that is for all of the peoples. Keller offers this great way of thinking about this announcement. Let's say that there is an invading army that is coming toward a town. What the town needs is a military advisor. They need someone to tell them uh, what to do. It needs advice. Someone should explain where the earthworks go, where the trenches should be, where the, the tanks should be positioned. However, if a great king has intercepted and defeated an invading army, what does the town need then? It doesn't need military advisors. It needs messengers. And the Greek word for messengers is angelos, angels. The messengers don't say, here's what you have to do. They say, I bring you good tidings of great joy. In other words, stop fleeing. Stop building fortifications. Stop trying to save yourself. The king has already saved you. 
Something has been done, and it changes everything. And the good news is then the cause for our jubilation, the reasons that our joyous strains are so prolonged. It's the gladsome tidings that have inspired our heavenly song. So our response to what the angels say is to rejoice. So how can you rejoice today? What are the things in your life that God has already done that would bring you to a place of rejoicing? Now, look, I'm not saying to negate or to ignore the problems that you face or to say, hey, look, there aren't challenges or difficulties in this world. They still exist, and they're not necessarily going to go away until we go to glory. They're going to be there. But that doesn't mean that as believers who have the announcement, who have the news, who know the Son, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be rejoicing all the time. What is it that you can rejoice in? Are you healthy? You're healthy enough to be here. That's something to rejoice in. Are you free? You're free to worship as you choose, to to drive down the road, to come to a church gathering in freedom? You can rejoice about that. Do you have a family? Do you have brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, cousins, mother, father, daughter, child, or spiritual brothers and sisters? And if you do, you should rejoice. There's nothing that's perfect in this world. But man, what are the things that we can rejoice about today? It's a good thing to do is to count your blessings and to take a moment and to say, thank you, God, for all that you've done for me. Thank you, Lord. Let me rejoice. Let me not live in fear, but let me rejoice in you. And so I invite you today in this moment, what is your response to what God has done How has hearing from his word and being reminded of the announcement shape and form your understanding of who you are, that God loves you so much that he would send his one and only son to you, that in the midst of your challenges and your struggles, the discouragement, all the feelings that you have, the negative bad feelings, that God still loves you and wants to reveal himself to you, that in the midst of the challenges, the budget problems, the family problems, the disagreements, the the sleepiness from children or whatever it is, that God is with you, Emmanuel. How can you live in joy and in celebration of the Savior? It's not just a fuzzy feeling that we get when we come to church, but it's a real tangible reminder that God is the one who is sovereign and he is the one who's in control. And then guess what that leads us to do? Is to announce with the angels to the world around us what God has done. Who are the people in your life that desperately need to, be, to know about the good news of what Jesus has done. Not, hey, here's seven steps to fix your life, but here's the one thing that God has done to bring you peace and reconciliation to a glorious God. Who are the people that need to hear that from you? Who will you serve as a messenger to proclaim that good news? What a blessing it is. And wouldn't it be a great time to say, hey, we're having this service at 4 o'clock at my church on on Saturday. We'd love for you to come. Come on and join me. It's going to be a great service. We're going to have candlelight. We're going to have communion. It's going to be a wonderful celebration. And the pastor said you could wear pajamas to church on the following Sunday. What a great blessing, huh? Maybe, hey, whoever comes to church because of pajamas, that's the kind of people we want here, right? Come on. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this message from Woodland Presbyterian Church, maturing God's people to serve a hurting world. Again, if you'd like to learn more about our congregation, please visit us at woodlandpres.org. Thank you very much, and God bless you today.